Hello, my name is Daniel Kelly and this is May Contain, the podcast breaking the stigma of what it's really like living with a severe food allergy. I have lived with a peanut allergy since I was five, so I'll be talking about the different situations I've come across over the last 20 years living with food allergy, whether that's dating, going out with your friends, living abroad, hopefully give you guys like a really good insight into what it's like living with a food allergy. Hello and welcome to another episode of May Contain. So today, I usually have like a different guest on each week of the podcast, but today I thought it'd be a good idea to maybe share with you the talk I recently did in Liverpool, because a lot of people kind of reached out and they couldn't like attend their talk, so I thought it might be a good idea to maybe share the, the live talk with you today on this podcast. I just want to say as well, I was so overwhelmed, like the amount of, of you guys that actually went to the talk and listened to it, I was honestly overwhelmed and I just didn't expect that many people because when I did my algae talk at the Algae Free From show in um, London, it was like in the family corner and maybe had about like five or six or seven, eight people like attend it. And then the one in Liverpool, I was just like blown away because I think there might have been like over 60, 70 people at the talk. And honestly, I was overwhelmed with the amount of people that went out the time to see me talk about whether restaurants do take allergies seriously so I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who went to the talk and yeah I was just honestly like god smacked at people from Liverpool like knew about my, my allergy blog and yeah it was just just want to take this moment to say like a massive thank you because I wouldn't be in this situation now where I get the opportunity to do talks and educate people about the seriousness of allergies so yeah thank you for everyone who went to my talk and yeah it's just crazy to think like six months before like my first one was in was in London um to now and then the amount of people that stay behind so yeah it was amazing to speak to everyone at the end of the show I think there's like maybe 25 30 people which which waited at the end and I just want to say thank you so much for taking your time out of your day and it was amazing to like speak to everyone because obviously when I when I create this content on on the Instagram obviously you guys are always like the first person at mine and obviously you engage and I, I try and make sure that I message everyone back on Instagram or DMs and then to actually finally um meet you guys was was incredible. So yeah, just a massive thank you again. So I thought on this on this week's podcast, um for for anyone who did miss the talk, I can share with you the talk today and obviously because I talked in the talk, I obviously talk a lot about like anxiety and eating out with a restaurant and what restaurants can do um, better to deal with customers with allergies. Because in the talk, I kind of share about my experiences, like kind of like the good, bad and the ugly. So kind of like the good experiences, which I had at Soho House, but also like the bad experiences where the restaurant probably didn't take me allergy as seriously. And I kind of wanted to share this talk with you today on the podcast. But I also, before we kind of like jump straight into the for the talk, I also wanted to talk about the amount of like young allergy advocates which have kind of reached out to me online recently who have um, who set up an allergy blog and a lot of them kind of reached out to me and be like, how do you go about it? Like, what kind of content should you create? Um, so kind of before I jump into the talk, I thought it might be a good idea for those people out there who might be one or thinking about starting an allergy blog, how they should go about it. And I thought it might be good to share my top five tips for setting up an allergy blog on Instagram or a website. And 
yeah, really help as many people as possible. Because I think as well, like, it's just amazing the amount of more like young allergy advocates which have kind of coming out now and, and, and sharing their experiences. And I think it's absolutely amazing. If and I can and if I can inspire a, a young audience to to start sharing their experiences with an allergy and educating people, I think that's absolutely amazing. So I kind of today want to kind of share my top five tips. Um, so yeah, my first tip would be like you've got to be like passionate and, and, and you really got to ask yourself why you want to set up uh, an algae blog. And, and for me, like the main reasons was I always felt like I was obviously trying to break the stigma. And, and for me, like, I was trying to give like young people the confidence to speak up about algae. And like I said, like a few years ago, definitely with the magazine, like there wasn't many young people like kind of talking about their experience with an algae. So I think when, when you do set up a blog, like, I think you've you've got to be really passionate about it because there's going to be times where you probably like don't want to like or you might not be in the mood to create content and and I always like think about well if I do this like it could help this person or this person. so I think when times get tough you just always like carry on and always like push through and I think that's so important and when you are really passionate about it you don't mind working long hours and for me it never feels like a job like so when I'm doing the blog or or creating content it never feels like oh god i have to do it tonight like i always want to uh to create content and yeah there's gonna be times when i'm tired i'm like oh, i just can't be bothered tonight but like you always kind of like push through because i am really passionate about about the make contain and trying to raise as much awareness as possible so the first step is like you've got to be really passionate about it and it will show through when you do create the content i think the second tip i would also give as well like is be like consistent with the content as well. You see a lot of people like set up these algae blocks and they kind of like, like sometimes, but they might give up after like two, three months and be like, oh, I've not got this amount of likes, so I don't have this amount of followers. But you got to think about it. Everyone starts at the same point. You all start with zero followers and you've it's going to take time to grow that audience or that community. So, um, and for me, like, I always try and be as consistent as I can with the content and try and create content weekly and not, create content one week and then have a few weeks off so when you do set up these blogs you've got to think about like the long-term goals rather than like the short term and try and be as consistent as you can and I know like it is really hard that I work like a nine to five job and then obviously after half five I'll be working on or after six or seven or whatever I'll be working on my blog so it's always really important um to like never give up and like and always like try and be really authentic and really like I think the main thing is like being consistent with the content so always like trying your best to be like really consistent with the content and do as much or as little as you can like maybe you can only post once a week or maybe you have more time you can post a few times a week so you just like have to work out how much um time you can give in and I think when you're really passionate about something you always make time um to do it so I think that's really important the third tip is like the community building the community is more important than the amount of likes you get or the amount of followers. And it's, for me, it's really important. Um, I am really trying to build this community around me, contain and help as many people as possible. So I always make sure that I try and um, email as many people as back as I can because I do get a lot of like DMs and messages and it can be like quite overwhelming, but I think it's so important to make sure that you do try and um, message everyone back and that it's all about creating that community for me it wasn't more about like I want thousands of followers or I want hundreds of likes so, like 
yeah, it's great that like when obviously when you get loads of likes on a post or whatever, but that wasn't like it wasn't like the the main cause. And for me, it was about really building that community. And I think for me, that's that's been kind of like the main goal. And I think you can get definitely like young people can get so like caught up in the amount of like followers or likes and like I said like don't make that your goal like obviously that will happen when the more effort you put into something the more your audience will grow and and the more likes you'll get but I don't think that like the main thing is just trying to help people and 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 then when you do create um kind of content like the audience will come with that and like I said everyone starts from zero so don't be like put off that when you do start this algebra, algebra like you might only have 10 followers like like just keep at it and keep at it and don't let anyone like tell you otherwise and like you know you've just really got to believe in yourself and I mean I might be going out like a bit off topic here but as a kid like I never felt like the teachers like really believed in me um and I always felt like, like so many people like doubted me like through the life and definitely like through like prime school and second school I don't know I always felt like I always got doubted and and for me when people doubt me it just pushes me further and further to work harder and work twice as hard as like the person next to me and I think anyone out there like just don't let like anyone put you down and like you've honestly like you if you believe in yourself like you can achieve absolutely anything so I think like anyone out there just like first first of all just like believe in yourself and you believe that like and you're so passionate about something whether that's allergies or anything like you can make a difference and that that is true to anything and um a tip number four would be like always like be yourself like and if i think i always feel like if you're like authentic in 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 the content you create and you're always putting your audience first um it does show like you can't put for me like I think if I was putting on a, a different persona on camera, then I was completely different outside. You know what I mean? It, it would just wear me out. So I always try and be like, I was as fond or authentic as possible. And, um, always just like be, be yourself. And I think that's so important. And, and obviously like sharing your experiences and, and that kind of leads me on to tip five is like the content, what type of content should you do? And I think sharing your personal experiences and, and by sharing your experiences, whether that's like uh, anxiety, for example, and sharing how you cope with anxiety, then it could potentially like help other people online. And I think social media is just like such a powerful tool um, to to help people. And I know it does get a lot of like negativity in the press, but everyone's got this amazing tool now where they can build an audience online and they can raise awareness. And I think for me, that's that's like social media has just been this absolutely incredible tool. And with content, I always try to play on my personal experiences, but I think more so now, like definitely with the blog, I try and share other people's experiences as well because everyone's got a different experience of how they've dealt with their allergy or how they've like managed their allergy. So I think that for me has always been um, like really important and to share other people's experiences because there's only so much I can say, but from their experiences as well, they could help other people. And then kind of leading on from like the kind of, the content and the community i just want to say like when i obviously i don't know if a lot of people do follow me on instagram but like i recently done a post about obviously the how to show the epipen on the instagram stories and the amazing thing is like this actually like come about because um peanut algae mum who her son's got an algae commented on my post and 
like I was just like I was reading through all the comments and I was trying to engage or comment back to like everyone on on Instagram and she replied back oh, saying oh like I wish I might show my friends or my family on my Instagram story how to use the epic auto injector and then like for those of you who didn't watch me Instagram story but I was just like something just like clicked in my head and I was like what if we just get everyone on the same day showing how to use the art injector? So I'll come up with the the um, the allergy campaign called Allergies Are Real. And then um, last Sunday, everyone got together at 4 p.m. to show how to use an art injector. And honestly, you guys are just, just like blowing me away. Like the amount of support for this, for this campaign was on, like overwhelming. I always use that word, but... It was just like absolutely crazy. And I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone on Instagram who showed their followers on the Instagram stories how to use the art injector. And when the combined followers or everyone, if you combine everyone's followers on Instagram, it was like 1.7 million. And I think even if like 10% or 5% of that would have viewed that on the Instagram stories, it's such a massive reach we had. So I think it could have reached potentially about 150,000 people, which showing how to use the art injector which is absolutely incredible so i just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who supported the allergies a real campaign and got involved and shown their followers how to use the art injector it's just crazy to think like the week before it was just a simple idea and i reached out to you guys on instagram stories to see if you think it's a good idea and over 200 people said yes and everyone just thought it was an amazing idea through that kind of that support and then you guys sharing the the, the instagram um the Instagram posts on your stories to get everyone knowing what date it was or what time it was going to do it. It was absolutely incredible. And it's just amazing how we can all come together um, and raise like so much awareness. So yeah, a massive thank you. And I think as well, I'm going to make this like a yearly thing. So each year um, we'll I've, on the same day, on honestly, the date's like slipping my mind. It's been such a stressful week, but on the same day, each year we can all, all get together and show how to use the art injector. Um, I'm literally on my Instagram now, like trying to find out when the date is. My, my mind is honestly the last two weeks has just been insane. <laughs> insane. But yeah, the date is, so we'll do it next year as well. So the date will be um, the 3rd of November next year at 4 p.m. And yeah, like I said, it was just absolutely, I just massive thank you from like deep down, like the amount of support for this campaign was amazing and overwhelming so yeah thanks again and yeah next year it's just going to get bigger and bigger and the more people are going to get like support it so i know like this year like um um jack fowler from love island supported it and he's got over a million or i think 1.3 million followers on his instagram which is insane so it was amazing that he supported it and other like um massive influences like, in the community supported it as well as the whole allergy community which got behind it which is amazing like i was really surprised like people from spain like done a video and yeah it was just uh, yeah it was it was amazing so yeah thank you so much so now i'm gonna i'm gonna share the live um talk which did at the allergy show in liverpool about whether um restaurants take allergies seriously and i i kind of talk about my personal experiences um of how restaurants have like coped with my allergy and yeah, hopefully you guys find it really interesting and you have to let me know what you think. If you are new to the Make and Tame podcast, please make sure to write a review on iTunes and I really appreciate it. It means so much when someone writes a review and obviously 
hopefully more people get to see the podcast as well. If you are new to the Make and Sane, I've, I've got an Instagram channel, which is underscore Make and Sane. But yeah, thanks again and hope you enjoy the talk. So this part of the, the presentation, I kind of want to talk about whether restaurants do take allergies seriously and and I've, I've, I've spoke to a lot of young people to get their experiences as well of whether they think they take allergies seriously. And I'll kind of go into it, but I think there's a lot of trust has been lost with restaurants recently with allergy sufferers not trusting that restaurants will take their allergies seriously, which I'll later get to. So the main issue I get reached out to on Instagram is that people um, with an allergy, they get a lot of anxiety eating out because they feel like the restaurant is not going to take their allergy seriously. And this is a massive issue at the minute that when they go to these restaurants and they say that they've got a severe food allergy, that the restaurant think like they might be making a fuss. And there's such a massive um, issue at the minute with that. And obviously it doesn't help as well that they don't feel that confidence to speak up about their allergy. And like I said, one in 10 young people don't always speak up about their allergy. So it's very important from a restaurant's point of view to always make sure that you make the, um, the customer or the food allergy sufferer at ease and make sure that you, you make sure the, um, to them that you make them aware that you understand how serious their allergy is. So I've recently done um, an Instagram poll. So on the Instagram stories, you can do like a poll, like a bit like a questionnaire. And 90% of people, so over 200 people responded to this, to this Instagram story. Over 200 people, 90% felt that re like they didn't trust that restaurants would take their allergies seriously. And I, this really, really, really shocked me. And I, I, like 90% is such a massive number. And it just goes to show that more needs to be done from restaurants' point of view to, to make sure that when they do serve these food allergy sufferers, that they do make sure that they make them aware that they are taking their allergies seriously. And there's a massive issue as well. Well, I say, um, if you are eating out in a restaurant, over 59%, if they felt like they've had a good experience with that restaurant, and they felt safe eating there. 59% will go to the same restaurant. And I don't know, it just like really shocks me. It just shows that there is a massive issue at the minute. And uh, obviously, the, number one, they don't feel comfortable or confident to speak up about their allergy. Then obviously, if them feeling, obviously, the restaurant's not going to take it seriously. It's just like uh, an anxi added anxiety onto that. So I was quite lucky. So when I was at university, um, I got the opportunity to travel around Europe. So it was a three-week round trip around Europe with my friends from uni. So we went to Milan, Florence, Venice, Budapest, Prague, Croatia, Berlin. And then at the end of it, ended up living in Amsterdam for a year. And it was an amazing um, opportunity to travel with an allergy. But obviously, the anxiety of going to all these different countries with an allergy, how, how I was going to communicate that message. So when I was going through Italy, my, fr my friend on the far right, Luigi, speaks Italian. So what he could communicate clearly with the restaurants that I did have severe allergy and it was very easy for him to kind of communicate that to the restaurants in Italy. But as we traveled further into Europe, it became a lot harder to communicate that I did have a severe allergy. So when I used to go into restaurants, I used to show the Google Translate on the card. And essentially the message would be that I've got severe allergy. Can you make sure the food doesn't come in contact with nuts. Um, but as I was traveling further into Europe, the message got more serious because I felt you really got communication is like so important and starting that dialogue with the restaurant. So I was like very kind of um, trying to be like very clear and upfront about my allergy. And um, we went to a restaurant in Budapest 
And some people might know this story from the podcast, but when I went to Budapest and I showed him the Google translation, it read, I've got a severe allergy. If I do eat nuts, my, nets can, my neck can swell up and I can die. And the restaurant, or the staff at the restaurant in Budapest started laughing. And they thought it was some kind of joke. They just didn't take my allergies seriously at all. And I was like left really frustrated and angry. And then I was like, well, should I eat at that restaurant if they're not taking it seriously? And it's, this is a restaurant. And it just, it just baffled me that like, they just did not take my allergies seriously like, whatsoever. And this is how like, most, most restaurants do. Definitely when you're in abroad, they don't take it seriously. I think obviously in England, like, they take it more seriously than Budapest, for example. But the really, really sad thing was, so I went to Budapest in 2015, or I think it was 2013, and then a year later, um, this story always like, like, kind of gets me. Cause it's just so sad that like, um, Amy Mayshed was in exactly the same situation as me. She was in Budapest with her friends, and she went to a restaurant, and she showed them the uh, allergy card, and showed the allergy card more than one time, and she ordered chicken and rice, and straight away she had a severe anaphylactic shock. It was that severe, she went into anaphylactic shock. And she went into cardiac arrest because the anaphylactic shock was that serious. And um, she, she died for six minutes, and she come back to life. But when you go into anaphylactic shock, a lot of people don't understand that it reduces oxygen to the brain. And now um, she survived it, but um, she, she's like wheelchair bound now and she can't communicate like I'm communicating with you right now. And it's just really sad that someone didn't take their allergies seriously. And this is what has happened because a restaurant didn't take someone's allergies seriously. And it's really upsetting. She was 26 years old. She was working for this morning. She had a whole life ahead of her. And because someone didn't take her allergies seriously, this is what has happened. And this story like, really kind of really, really hit a nerve with me. Like, just because, like, I mean, that could have been me. Like, it could have been anyone. And uh, unfortunately, it was aiming, and, and, and they didn't take her allergies seriously. And this is, this is the reflection. So on the, back onto like, the, the Instagram. So on the Instagram, I, I also asked my followers, um, and I'm quite lucky that my followers are very engaged and that they're kind of, it's been amazing to be part of this community and I asked them whether they feel embarrassed to speak up about their allergy and 58% feel embarrassed to speak up about their allergy in a restaurant. And this is a massive issue because people just don't feel vocal or to speak up about their allergy and everything I'm trying to do with the make and Tain is like really give young people the confidence to speak up about their allergy and get them to make sure that they start that dialogue with the restaurant. But I also think it's a restaurant's point of view. Really, I think the restaurants need to start that dialogue as well. I don't think, I went to one restaurant and they felt like it should be the allergy sufferers to speak up about the allergy, which is true. But I also think it's a restaurant as well, which, could, which should start that dialogue. It's a two-way conversation. It's not like, it's not a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. So the restaurants need to start that dialogue and be asking people whether anyone on the table has got a severe allergy. And I asked my um, followers um, if they did say yes to why they felt embarrassed. Why did they feel embarrassed about the allergy? And these are the key words, what was coming up over and over and over again. So fussy, nuisance, burden, awkward, and hassle. So a lot of these young people, uh, when they go to the restaurants, they felt like the restaurants was thinking they was, they was being a bit fussy or they was being like a burden to the restaurant. And they just felt like the restaurants wasn't going to take their allergy seriously. And they felt like, from a restaurant's point of view, they felt like, oh, they're just being fussy, they've just got an allergy. So there's a massive issue there with how the, the, the restaurants communicate with allergy sufferers. 
So they need to make sure that the allergy sufferers are aware that they do take their allergy very seriously and try and reduce that anxiety because the anxiety, I get it, I got it this morning. I went out um, to watch the rugby and we got breakfast and halfway through the breakfast, I'm, I'm itching my neck and, and I know I'm not having an allergic reaction, but it's that anxiety. So when uh, allergy sufferer does go into the restaurant, it's always trying to reduce that anxiety with the, with the allergy sufferer. And it was the same words over and over again. So it just goes to show that there's definitely what needs to be done to, to make sure that restaurants are educated about allergies. And there's obviously a, a massive turnaround with restaurants of, of staff turnaround. Um, so it's kind of putting a, a, a maybe a procedure or steps into place. So everyone who does um, go to a restaurant, we can educate them about how safe allergies are and how they communicate. Communication is key with the customer. And it's also key with obviously the allergy sufferer as well, but I think um, the way the restaurants communicate with the customer, I think that is a massive issue which needs to change. So does anyone have any allergies on this table? And I remember the first time I heard that, and some restaurants say it like they don't really mean it. And I've been to restaurants before where they said it, and you can just tell it's not authentic, it's just part of a script. And then you can tell when people actually say it and they actually mean it. So I went to a restaurant um, in London, um, it's Soho, so one of my friends has um, got a membership at this restaurant and it's really annoying, it's membership because the, the way they kind of cater to my allergy was amazing, like I've never been to a restaurant where they cared so much. So the first thing they said was like, has anyone got an allergy on this table? And that instantly like reduces the anxiety with the customer that they've made the first part of that conversation. So when I communicated that I've got severe allergy, he asked me whether, he, whether I wanted to speak to the head chef about my allergy or whether I felt comfortable that, with him to speak to the head chef. And by giving me that option, it just like really like kind of like reduced my anxiety that I had that option if I did want to speak to the head chef and I didn't trust him. Because a lot of time, you just got to go with your gut feeling. And if you feel like they're not going to take your allergy seriously, I would literally just go straight to the head chef or I'd just not eat at that restaurant. And I was amazing. I, so... He basically come back to me and said, everything on the menu is allergy-free, which I can reassure you. So, I mean, I never have desserts in a restaurant because it reduced me anxiety that much and I trusted that it was going to take me allergy very seriously. I could have every dessert on the menu, which I did. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, it just goes to show that if you can kind of like reduce that anxiety, it, it, it's so important, definitely with like young people. So is there an allergy menu online? And you'd be surprised at the amount of restaurants that don't have an allergy menu online. And if I can't see uh, an allergy menu online, nine times out of ten, I just wouldn't eat at that restaurant. And the funny thing was, I was doing a talk at a state restaurant called Hotsmore in London, so doing like London, Manchester, um, and they're kind of scattered around the UK. And I actually went to this restaurant before, and we was going to the, was going to the West End, and I went out with my housemates, and it was like a pre-fertile set menu. I had a really, really stressful day at work, and I got there, and I couldn't find an allergy menu on the way to the restaurant or when I was in work. So that kind of, like, my anxiety started kicking in then that I couldn't find an allergy menu online. And then as I got to the restaurant, I didn't realize it was like a preset menu, so I couldn't pick what I wanted to eat. So in the end, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to eat at this restaurant. Uh, they don't have an allergy menu, but the thing was I, I was, I didn't even speak to the waiter. I just didn't think they'd take allergies seriously. Um, the funny thing was, I had two glasses of wine, which was actually more 
money than what the set menu was, so they kind of shot me in the foot there. But uh, the funny thing was, like, I actually did a talk at this restaurant, so they asked me to come in, and, um, and I was really surprised how well they deal with allergies. So they don't have an allergy menu online, but the way they, they deal with allergies, so if someone comes with an allergy, they've got an allergy sheet in, in the restaurant, and they, they cook the food in a separate part of the kitchen, so they've got like a pink chopping board and a pink, um, or purple chopping board and a purple knife. So it's all like color coordinated. So they really take allergies very seriously, and they're very educated about allergies, even when I spoke to the staff after that, you could tell that they're educated about the severities of allergies. Um, and I was, I was saying to them, like, you, you should have like, an allergy menu online, it just like blew me away that like the, it's a massive chain without an allergy menu online. But the way they, they kind of dealt with allergies was, was, was amazing. So do restaurants go for the allergy menu with the customer? And it absolutely frustrates me when you go into a restaurant and they give you the allergy menu and they just like walk away. They give you the allergy menu, they just walk away and it's like, well, it's your responsibility. And like, that doesn't help the person with the allergy. It's just like they don't want to take any responsibility. So they like, they chuck the allergy menu and you walk. I mean, after time, they can't even find the allergy menu. They're in the back, like, trying to find it. And um, I recently went to Byron, and um, as I walked into this restaurant, um, the, the staff was like, oh, we've got to ask customers now if, if they've got an allergy. And she made a bit of a joke about it. She was a bit like, oh, yeah, well, we've got to ask customers now if they've got an allergy. Like, it's a bit of a joke. And I said a joke like that. So <laughs> and literally, um, I got quite annoyed. And I was like, well, straight away, like, you're not taking allergies serious by the way you've, you've handled it. And it kind of took on the back foot because she didn't know I had an allergy. But the way she kind of spoke about it was like, it just goes to show in society and restaurants, like, there's a, a bit of an issue where the, where the way people talk about allergies, they just don't take it seriously. And um, there's been times where I went to Byron where they've given me like an allergy menu and like walked off. And the best experiences is where the manager's actually gone through the allergy menu with you, which I'll later get to. And obviously it's like really sad about, or, or like, uh, I don't know if you heard about Owen, but he went to Byron and ordered a chicken burger and it was like a grilled chicken burger. And he didn't say anywhere on the menu that it was like marinated in buttermilk. And 50 minutes after eating the burger, he went into, an, um, it was dead, and it, it's just really, really sad that, like, that obviously it wasn't very labelled clearly on on the allergy menu, and, and the family now are trying to make sure that on the allergy menu it does label clearly the key ingredients what go into that food. And by and, and the thing is with the allergy menu as well, you're kind of singling someone out straight away by giving them a separate menu to the friends. So imagine if you're a young person walking to a restaurant, also you can't have that menu. Here's your menu. It feels like you're a little kid again. So I think, I, I'm, I'm all for it, that the key allergens should be on the same menu, what everyone else is serving, so you're not singling out anyone with allergies. And that's the main issue, is that they feel like they are getting singled out when they've got an allergy. And the thing with the, what happened to Owen with the buttermilk happened a year before in Manchester. It's the same stories over and over again. And I read about it online, and it's the same stories and like restaurants are just not taking allergies seriously, or it's, a lot of it is down to human error. But if you compare it to like the airline industry, like I might go off a bit off topic now, but when a plane crashes, they, all, they use all that information as a case study and they put procedures in place so it doesn't happen again. Why are restaurants not doing this? Like they should all be learning from the mistakes, putting their hands up and saying, you know what, I made a mistake, this is what we should do, and, and really kind of share that information with all the different restaurants. Because a lot of the time it is human error. 
but I think more should be done or procedures should be brought into place so there's less of like human error. <laughs> I don't know if you can read that, but that's what I read when I go to a restaurant and I'm trying to find out if, if, the, if anyone's got an allergy. It's a joke, isn't it? Like, it should be integrated into the menu and I'm squinting. Good job I've got good eyesight, but if I was wearing glasses, I'm, I would be... But like, it's just crazy. This is what I read like, every time we go to a restaurant. Even today, for example, like, I went to a pub lunch for breakfast and, and this is what I was reading on the menu. It's just a joke. Like, they should have it really clear on the menu. Um, and, 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 they, and, and they wonder why young people are not speaking up about the allergies. If, if, this, if this is what's on the menu. So there should be like a... These restaurants need to be really vocal that they should be trying to get young people to speak up about their allergy. Yeah, and it just really frustrates me. But yeah, but jokes aside, like, I think it should be, this message should be integrated into the, me into the menu like, very clearly that they do take allergies seriously and if you do, make sure that you do speak up about it. I kind of mentioned briefly before at Soul House, but from a restaurant's point of view, if you can, given the, the, the allergy sufferer the option, to either speak to the head chef or make sure, given the option, if, if, if they wanted to speak to the head chef, I think it's so important. And like I said before, it does like really reduce that anxiety. And when restaurants have done that, um, it's been absolutely incredible. And one experience was, we found we do like cruises like, um, and every now and then, and they, they asked me if I wanted to come along, and I thought, you know what, I might as well. <laughs> and, um, I was really, really surprised at the way they kind of um, dealt with allergies and the way they kind of dealt with it. So literally when I got to there, the, the manager comes straight over and he's like, has anyone got any allergies? And I said to the waiter, I went, yes, he went, let me get the manager. And you feel like, I feel at ease when I speak to the manager rather than I, sh uh, I speak to the waiter, which I'll, I'll later get to sometime. And, um, he went through the algae menu with me every night, so the night before he made sure that the food was prepared in a separate part of the kitchen. I mean, it was a little bit different to eat out in a restaurant in terms that they could prepare your food the day before, but it really like, reduced my anxiety, and he got the head chef over, and he introduced me to the head chef, and I think, I think it's just amazing if you, if you can give, um, get the chef to come over and speak to the algae sufferer, it does like, really reduce um, the anxiety. And if you feel like... The, the restaurant isn't going to take your allergies seriously. Just don't eat at that restaurant. I would not take the risk. If they're not going to take your allergies seriously, just don't eat there. And I've always said it's, it's so important. And always go with your gut feeling. Like, I've always done it when I definitely want to eat out or something's not quite right. Like, I always go with that gut feeling and um, see, where my, I say, see where my heart's at. But go with that gut feeling. If you don't feel like they take it seriously, don't risk it. So I recently had experience on Honest Burgers. Like some of you... Um, might know about it through Instagram and so I went to this restaurant and I've, I've eaten here before like Byron's, I've eaten there before and I've always felt very safe there, I never really felt like any kind of anxiety, I thought oh, with the guys like we'll, it'll be fine so I got there and there's a new burger on the menu and it had, it was, it had, it had gravy and I thought you know what it sounds great so there's a way to come over I say it doesn't say anything about nuts on the on the menu but can you can you check whether it's got nuts in? And straight away he went, oh yeah, the, the bacon's been marinated in nuts. And we also use that marination in the gravy, so the burger does contain nuts. And I was like, well, it doesn't say anywhere on the, on the, on the menu. And I was like, can you double check on the algae menu? He got the algae menu out. He said nuts on the algae menu. And I checked it on my phone as well, and I double checked it, and it said nuts. But the thing was then was my anxiety went through the roof because of cross-contamination. I thought if they're cooking the burger on the same grill, they're doing the bacon, then I could go into anaphylactic shock. 
And I felt like the waiter just didn't quite understand the severities or the seriousness of my allergy. So if that ever happens, just bypass the waiter, go straight to the manager, went straight down to the manager. I think this comes with confidence like anything, but if you've got to be very like always be confident about your allergy. So I went straight to the manager and I said, I've got really bad anxiety now. You've just told me like you you cook with nuts in the kitchen. Um, or you use the same grill. So he took me into the kitchen. The manager, Remy, was amazing. He kind of took me into the kitchen. He's like, this is where we'll cook your burger on a separate grill. This is where we cook the burger that's got allergies. To double check, I make sure that uh, I put ice on the, on the grill and I make sure to get rid of any like, cross-contamination. So he double cleaned the grill. Um, and I got back upstairs and my, burger, my old burger is there. So he, he, my friends had that, and then he, he gave me a new burger, and he went, oh, I'll put it on the house, which I thought was very nice of him. Um, so I had the burger, and I was fine, but obviously my anxiety was uh, still a little bit bad, because I was like, well, what happens if I do go into like um, allergic reaction? Or but I was absolutely fine. But the really annoying thing was, was I tweeted about this on Twitter. I was like, can you make sure that all the allergy sufferers are aware that this restaurant on this burger now um, have like, nuts in the, in the bacon in the burger? And this done, it got, it got quite well, it got quite a bit of traction on Twitter. And then he messaged me back saying, cola, because it was, it was cola, the ingredients, is not a nut, it's a seed. And didn't apologise. And I was like, why is your staff telling me it's got nuts in? Why is your allergy menu online saying it's got nuts in? And they actually changed the allergy menu, menu online um, uh, to say it doesn't, it doesn't now contain nuts. And I was like really frustrated that like, I had to tweet them and find out what was in it and to, to get the right information. It just goes to show, like, restaurants, they should be getting this, like, bang on every time. You can't, like, be second-guess these things. Oh, yeah, it might contain notes, so it might not. And it only wasn't until on Twitter that it got a bit of traction that they responded back to me. And uh, I actually messaged um, one of the business directors of Honest Burger and told him about my experience. And he just gave me a knock-off reply, so he didn't really, he wasn't interested. Um, and he's like, we're working with another organization and I was trying to help out and I just felt his response wasn't that authentic. And I said to him, I'm trying to help you. And, and, and this is the way, I, I was just bitten. The way I got responded to it, I thought like it wasn't very authentic and I was trying to help him out and yeah, it didn't quite work out that way. Um, so like the final words, I think from a restaurant's point of view, I think, I think this should be kind of a procedure because there's such a fast kind of like turnaround with people with, with allergies. I think like something needs to be put into place to make sure when new staff start the job in a restaurant that they are educated about allergies and how they deal with customers to kind of really reduce that anxiety. Like I said, there's a massive anxiety with people eating out of allergies. And I mean, everything I'm trying to do with the May Contain is really kind of break, break down that stigma and give, the, give them the confidence to, to go out and eat out in restaurants and travel abroad. I don't think having an allergy should stop you doing any of these things. I really don't. You've just got to take extra precautions when you eat out. You've got to go with your gut feeling. Make sure you always carry your two F-pens, but more importantly, always be vocal about your allergy. I think that's so important for my side of things is making sure that you're always vocal. And like I said, 58% don't always feel very vocal to speak up about the allergy. So everything I'm trying to do, from that point of view, is always give them the confidence to really speak up about the RG and not be afraid and create content which is really kind of like resonate with them. So for those with allergies or anyone who carries an auto injector, so this start of this week I've done an allergy campaign and it's to raise awareness about how to use the auto injector. Um, and it's 
doing really, really well online. Like the traction has been unbelievable, the amount of people supporting it, which I'm so grateful for. And the idea was in films, like they always portray stabbing the EpiPen in the heart. So I recently done an Instagram post saying jabbing in the thigh, not in the heart. Because in hearts, when they show the art injectors, they stab it in the heart. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you'll kill me. Like, so imagine if I go into anaphylactic shot now and no one, didn't know, no one knew how to use the EpiPen. Um, someone might administer it incorrectly. So I decided I wanted to do an Instagram campaign where everyone tomorrow at 4 p.m. shows how to use the, um, the EpiPen on their Instagram stories. So all it would be is a 15-second story of showing their followers how to use EpiPen. Up to now, about two, 300 people have signed up for it, and that could hit a whole audience of 50 to 100,000 people on Sunday, which is absolutely incredible. So anyone with an auto-injector, please, at 4 p.m. on your Instagram stories, show how to use your followers, how to use EpiPen, and let's really break down that stigma and educate as many people as we can about how to use EpiPen. If you want to get in touch, my website is made-contain.com. Um, that's where I talk about my experiences of, of living algae, but also other algae sufferers' experiences as well. My Instagram is underscore may contain, um, and I've got a YouTube channel as well, which I'm trying to get um, a bit of content today for. And then if you want to get in touch, it's danielkelly129 at gmail.com. I'll, I'll stay behind at the end, so yeah, so I'll stay behind at the end, so make sure to grab me if you've got any questions. Um, and thank you so much for everyone who come on today. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed May Contain's episode today. I'm so excited that I finally got to share my talk I did at the Algae Show in Liverpool. Hope you really enjoyed it. And like I said, thank you to everyone who attended the talk. Like I said, I was just so overwhelmed and happy with the amount of people that did attend the talk. So thank you so much. And I'll make sure to keep everyone posted on my Instagram and Facebook when my next talks are. And if you did really enjoy the Make and Take podcast, if you can leave me a review on iTunes, I really, really appreciate it. So thanks again. And I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Bye.